This is Not Complicated, Just Green, and it's time for an installment of Common Sense for Better Construction. We're bridging the information gap to help you reach a brighter future in the built world. Today's episode is sponsored by Creative Interface Architecture and Interiors, making sustainable construction practically impactful. Check us out at www.creativeinterface.design. Welcome, friends. Today we're speaking with Aaron Luque, founder and CEO of EnviroSpark, a leading company for electric vehicle charging equipment and solutions, specializing in design and installation of electric vehicle charging stations. Founded in 2014, EnviroSpark has over 5,000 charging outlets installed and contractor licensing from coast to coast. Please enjoy. You know, up until very recently, it was still kind of iffy as to whether or not electric cars would really take over. EV was not the clear winner, you know, eight years ago. When we looked into it, we saw all the benefits that came along with electric vehicle adoption. And if that ever happened on a mass scale, we got really excited with, you know, the prospect of helping, helping be involved in that in some way or contributing to that. In a lot of the background research that we did, uh, which was more limited at the time, so there were two main main things that the, basically we founded our mission on, and, and that's still our mission today. The first one was awareness. That's not as big of a challenge for us today. Like a lot of people actually are aware that there are electric cars out there. They know right. a lot of the cool benefits uh, associated with ownership. To even if people did know the benefits of electric vehicles and and owning one, there was still a hesitation and to purchase one. And if you had the means and everything else, the hesitation was just well. You know, I don't want to get stuck somewhere. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able mm-hmm. to visit my family. We found kind of a problem that we could solve. And then, you know, how do we build a business case around solving that problem while also accelerating EV adoption and supporting our mission? So we decided to focus on promoting electric vehicle adoption through infrastructure development, making charging more accessible to more people, um, because that seemed to be the main barrier after the awareness side. I think there's still a lot of education that can be done on the awareness piece. I mean, people, you know, for for a little while there was this perception that, you know, electric cars are only for, you know, hippies or rich people or whatever, and I think there's actually something for everyone. And so it may be worth just going through kind of a couple of those benefits that some people may not still be aware of. Some are more obvious than others, but when you think about it, you can really see why this resonates with a lot of different people. Certainly there's the environmental piece, which was really compelling to me because when we were doing our background research, it was like we were looking at the fact that there is a very real statistical correlation between air quality in our urban centers and respiratory illness and death. Mm-hmm. We also realized that every time you can swap a combustion vehicle for an electric car, you are taking those CO2 emissions, you know, which are pretty concentrated in our big cities, and you can remove that from that urban center and spread it out. And that's a really exciting thing for us, even if you're not bought into the whole environmental aspect of it. You know, economically, there, there were actually a lot of really good reasons to still consider going electric car, especially now. It's an easier case, even with the way gas prices are, sure. you know, the cost to fill up. But before the gas was outrageously priced, there was, it was still, still there were still savings. Yeah. There was a definite benefit there. I think there's a huge convenience to being able to just wake up with a full tank whenever you want and skip the gas station altogether. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of our mission was to help drivers understand all the benefits associated with owning an EV and then also just giving them some level of comfort that there were a lot of chargers around that, and mm-hmm. that they'd be able to fill up if they were out and about, needed to refuel, they'd, they'd have that opportunity. And I mean, I've road tripped from, from Atlanta to Palo Alto, and I didn't have to deal with the airport, didn't have to pay for a a uh, you know plane ticket, which 
the prices are ridiculous for those mm-hmm. right now. You don't have to take your shoes off and go through metal detectors. I, and I hope all that. Um, bottle all your normal toiletries and yeah. tiny bottles. It's yeah, it's a, it's a huge hassle dealing with, you know, the security lines and the parking and the and the just the waiting around at the airport and all that stuff. I would rather do an eight-hour drive. And we feel like a lot of these stations that are out there that people are seeing that's kind of encouraging that decision are stations that otherwise wouldn't have been there had Envirus Park not existed. That's something that we take a lot of pride in. So we had a lot of really great partnerships early on. You know, one of our earliest partners was Georgia Power. Being able to partner with, you know, these utilities that had these great programs, people didn't know that utilities might be willing to help chip in. We kind of had this program where Georgia Power would help fund these projects. Nissan would help chip in and we could do some really, really cool things together mm-hmm. for our clients. And that's really anybody with a, a parking lot, right? Like, you know, the long and short of it is like a lot of these places around the country now at this point that have stations that we've installed, they would not have electric vehicle charging as an offering or an amenity had we not reached out to them and said, hey, there's this great program going on right now. Would you be interested in learning more and seeing if maybe we could help you? Um, you know, get some stations installed and, yeah. and, you know, talk a little bit more about it. A lot of times we were able to get enough subsidy funding to, to really make those projects happen for free for our customers. And so that's awesome. That, that really kind of accelerated and propelled our growth. And, and right. so we played a pretty active role in helping identify locations where maybe Tesla stations could be installed. Um, and then, you know, getting the customers approved for funding, uh, whether it was through utility, state, uh, OEMs, things like that. Well, I'm curious how the decision was made that you wanted to be sort of an all-in-one um, full package uh, as opposed to just being the dealer or just being the installer, That's right? That's a great question actually. So we looked at all the current players like the, and what they were doing and you'd have from a hardware or software standpoint you'd have a great provider maybe they have a a great piece of hardware that'll charge a car really well maybe there's a a software company that that has a software offering that'll run that charger really well even if somebody you know engaged with a hardware company and they're like yeah you know we want to get chargers and we're going to buy it from this company well somebody still has to put it in and design it and there's a whole electrical component to it that was kind of missing and inconvenient for your kind of typical site host or somebody who's going to get charters installed mm-hmm. it's like okay i've talked to the, these different hardware companies i think i know what kind of hardware i want but then they're like well you know how do we actually get this installed and they're like well you figure it out or find an electrician or whatever and, and find an electrician at that time who knew what you were even yeah who knew what they were doing so. yeah and so and a lot of electricians especially early on just weren't really familiar with the technology the nuance that's required in the engineering and design piece that kind of goes into planning a project like this and designing it and so we kind of made that our our specialization was to really understand you know the magic that has to happen to make the light turn on and for the charger to start moving electrons into a into an electric car we wanted to make it as easy as possible for you know somebody who was interested in something like this to uh, move forward with that decision to to have something installed and so we ended up becoming kind of a distributor for all the a reseller for all the major kind of hardware and software groups that were out there. And it kind of worked for everybody involved. For the customer, it's like they just have one point of contact. Whether they bought it from the manufacturer or they bought it from us, they were paying the same price. It was easier for them to just deal with one vendor. And we just show up with the equipment. We put it in versus them having to pay for it, get it shipped, and then you know hold it until we can come out and build right. it. And so 
we really wanted to simplify things for the customer. So you got these hardware companies, you got these software companies, uh, and then you need to put it in. But what we also really pride ourselves in is our ability to engage with the utilities and any and the state governments and anybody else who's offering any kind of incentive or rebate programs to help pay for these projects. So now you've got another com- added component, you know, in addition to the hardware and software and then the engineering design, which also, you know, we don't just engineer and design, we build it for them. So it's not like you have to pay one company for the engineering piece and then another company to permit it and build it. The other component is we have kind of a whole team that's dedicated to bringing in as many dollars from as many programs as we can for our customers. So again, this is something where if you talk to a traditional hardware company or if you're dealing with just your average electrician or contractor, you're not going to get all of this in one place. You're not going to get a company that's going to not only tell you what it, what the project's going to look like, what it's going to take to build it, be able to build it for you, be able to provide the hardware and software, but also pull in you know, and assist with or even apply on your behalf for funding uh, that would help pay for it and provide you with a detailed summary of kind of how we're going to help you get this paid for. And then somebody like us who does these projects all the time, we're constantly coordinating with utilities and things like that. So we've got these relationships that help mm-hmm. these projects get built more efficiently. Mm-hmm. So there's there's all those different key factors, but the decision to do it in that way kind of came about from seeing this kind of disjointedness of the different things that had to happen in order for a station to get installed and get turned on. And so we wanted to be the guys who could basically make it easy for our customers and provide a holistic view of everything about the project, what it's going to look like, where the stations are going to go, how it's going to be designed, how it's going to be constructed, how long it's going to take to complete, what it's going to cost, and then what resources can be brought in to pay for it. All of those things are things that we and we specialize in, and they're pretty much the only thing that we do day in and day out. But and I think that's why a lot of the big players, you know, whether it's utilities or OEMs or network operators like working with us, we're kind of specialists in just this area. It's not like a side business for us. Um, and so it's kind of like, I mean, I guess if you, you, know, you need some plumbing work done at your house, you can call a plumber, you can call a handyman that maybe does a lot of different things and you know, maybe they can help you with your plumbing. Or you can call somebody who specializes in it. Sure. And that's kind of how we see ourselves in, in the space and how we feel like we're adding a lot of value. You had this new technology, these new services that were all sort of disjointed. Mm-hmm. And it was still a lot of obstacles for the consumer to get what they really wanted. So I'm curious about what kind of obstacles your team has faced. It, it's interesting. I think one of the biggest challenges for us, especially early on, you know, when we were talking to a prospective site host, a lot of people weren't really sure that this was something that was going to come to be expected or would be needed or the value of having something like that mm-hmm. at their property. The most interesting thing about it was sometimes we could get a project fully subsidized. It was going to be free for somebody and they still just, ah, like, I'm just not, I don't know, it's not worth it. Uh, and so, of course, like what would end up happening is, you know, their competitor down the road, you know, takes advantage of it. They've got it. They got it for free. They got it earlier. And then this has happened with every program that we have ever been involved in where there were dollars allocated to make these projects happen. We will have a customer who has a completely free solution at their fingertips. They will wait to make a decision on it. Inevitably, in every iteration of every rebate or subsidy or credit program that we've been involved in, I've had people call me back and it's, you know, Aaron, I'm I'm ready to do that free electric vehicle charging project. The money that we had set aside for them or that was available to them is no longer there. And I have to tell them, 
is always, well, we have to do it now. We've got these residents that are complaining or this new tenant that retail, we're trying, we, we need to drive more traffic. The, the outlet down the, down the street has, you know, charge or whatever it is, right? And they go, okay. So the next question is always, well, all right, well, we'll you know, what's it going to cost now? Because I have to do it. And then it's like, they could have gotten it for free and they could have had it sooner. Mm-hmm. And so we always, we've always stressed that. We've always said, look, you know, these programs are limited time. Like, just because I'm telling you today that you're approved for this funding doesn't mean it's going to be there mm-hmm. forever. And, and, you know, obviously it's up to you to decide if you, you know, need a little more time to just, you know, to figure out if you want to move forward with something like this. But my, my biggest fear is that you'll decide at some point that it's something you want to do and you're going to end up having to pay a bunch of money for something cost for you. It. Well, so much about environmental design and trying to make progress in this, the pushback is short-sightedness. Mm-hmm. You know, and these missed opportunities to be on the cusp of something and so many people would rather wait until it's more the norm and then tag along at that point in time. They spend so much more retrofitting something rather than doing it from the very beginning of it. If you decide, if you tell us at the first meeting that you want this kind of technology in your building, it'll add a dollar to your price. If you tell us during construction, it's going to add ten dollars yep. to your price. Exactly. If you wait till it's a finished and occupied building, and then you decide it's going to add a hundred dollars. Exactly. To your price. Right. Well, and that's the thing. It's like if you already have, if you are a developer and you already have an electrician out there running conduit and circuits for everything else, well, you know, it's just a bunch of dirt or, you know, whatever, yeah. and nothing's built out yet, just have them run a few extra circuits for the EV charters. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it may cost a few extra bucks to do that, but if you don't do that up front and then you decide later, uh, I need to get some charging stations and there's no infrastructure to support it, maybe you don't even have the electrical capacity. Right. Now you've got to do electrical upgrades. You're gonna, it's going to take a lot longer to get it designed and get it built and it's gonna cost you a lot more money versus just the efficiency that's generated from, if you don't run the circuits yet, just at least have the pathway because that's yeah. where, and nothing pains me more than having to rip up freshly poured concrete to, to add something that somebody you know, could have could have done just before before we covered it up, right? Or like a freshly uh, paved you know, parking lot. Tell me about some of the people who have enjoyed your service and come back and given you some sort of we didn't realize it was going to be this good sort of a scenario. I'm sure you've got some of those stories. I, I will say what has really exceeded my wildest expectations is is the responsiveness of your average kind of typical multifamily dweller to the installation of charging infrastructure on their property where they live. For a little while, it was more of a theory or a thesis that if we could install stations at you know places where people live, it's going to encourage that decision to get an electric car. Like, wow, I can just, whenever I want, I just plug in the night before and I wake up and I got a full tank the next day. Like, that's pretty cool. Um, and then they see everybody that has an electric car loves it. They see other people chart, hey, what you got there? And, you know, we had assumed that there would be some level of adoption if we engaged in that type of activity. The number of people actually going out and getting electric cars as a result of that has exceeded our expectations in terms of what we thought we would be able to encourage or drive so I think that, that it's been really cool to see just like how many people, and we do a lot of surveys and stuff now. And on, yeah, so even on kind of the front end, trying to understand like what percentage of a population at a particular property might get an electric car as their next vehicle if, mm-hmm. if chargers were installed versus not. Mm-hmm. I mean, the response in some cases, it's more than 50% of the residents that responded to the survey and the number of respondents you know, against the total number of people at the property that are actually, you know, have an opinion on this is, has been really encouraging as well. That's the thing, especially like HOAs and 
you may have uh, residents that live at a property that are complaining, we want to get chargers. You have an HOA board that maybe doesn't want to spend the capital on it. Maybe they want to do something else. Maybe they want to build a dog park or, you know, whatever. It's like, and they can only do one and, you know, they choose, you know, one of the other options. Our goal is to make it so they can do all the other things they still want to do and they can allocate resources to that. If it's something they want or something their residents want, whether it's an apartment operator, project man- or property manager, or you know, developer, whatever it is, we want to help make that as easy as possible for them. You know, both from a, a, a cost standpoint and also just an implementation standpoint of only having you know having to deal with one company, not having to buy your hardware from these guys, your software from these guys, hmm. installation from these guys. Um, yeah, I can see how that would just intimidate most people. Yeah, with this being still yeah, it's not worth it thing, at some point. You got to try and. It really, it would feel to me like I was taking a big risk that I maybe I picked the wrong, or how do I know that yeah. that one is compatible with the other? But if everything comes from one source and that source takes care of everything, that's the other thing. Is like everybody, you know, at Enviroswork, we're all very well versed on a lot of the common questions in terms of like, well, you know, how long is it going to take to charge, or will it only charge certain vehicles, or mm-hmm. what are the different types of features that could be incorporated into this experience? Can we use the same? key fobs that people use to get in and out of the building to turn the chargers on and tie it to their account. And those are all the kind of things that we are uh, able to address. And it kind of sets us apart from, you know, kind of your typical electrician or just, you know, hardware provider. That's the other thing is like, if you talk to a hardware manufacturer that makes, you know, their product in every circumstance, I think they're going to say, oh, our product's the best. You have to use our hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, here's why. And because that's all they can sell and they want to get the sale, sure. it may not actually be the best fit for what you want to do in terms of budget, in terms of functionality, aesthetic, whatever. So where we have really been able to help a lot of our customers, we're kind of agnostic in that sense. We offer hardware and software from a lot of different providers and we know which ones seem to make the most sense for which customers. Uh, and we know which price points you know, you're going to get certain features. and so. We really try to help our customers value engineer that side of the process in terms of like, well, this is how much we have. We, we've got these other kind of offerings that are maybe a little bit less expensive, but maybe you lose this, this, and this functionality. Which ones are the most important or can you live at without some of these? You know, if you're talking to one manufacturer, they're only going to kind of be able to give you their solution, which may be outside of your budget or maybe it has features you don't need, um, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, and so that's, that's where we're able to kind of really add a lot of value in the planning process is just helping them assess like all the different options. And the other thing that it takes away is if we're doing that, it's just one point of contact for them. They don't have to go out and get 50 different quotes from right. all the different hardware providers when they buy it from us or if they buy it from the manufacturer. They're getting the same price. There's a lot of inherent value in them being able to get a just an honest assessment from us of what their their suite of options are we don't try to push anybody towards any one particular sure we, we want to understand what they want to do with the system uh, a good example would be like we do a lot of work with in the hospitality industry as well like we work with a lot of hotels mm-hmm. their biggest desire is to maybe get that extra person to stay at their hotel who otherwise wouldn't have if they didn't have a charging station right but they don't need a whole lot of extra they're not trying to like you know, charge for usage. They don't care a whole lot about having the data. They don't need access control features or functionalities. They just want something that, you know, if a hotel guest comes up and plugs in, it gives them some, uh, and and it's a very cost-effective solution for them, and they don't need a lot of added features. 
you know, there's certain applications where maybe you do want to have some element of some added features, you know, so that you don't get like a bunch of freeloaders, you know, mm-hmm. or if, you know, if it's not going to be a hotel guest, then, you know, you, they're, they're going to have to pay to use the station. So you're at least getting your power reimbursed because if not, you're just giving free power away to the community. So every application gas stations giving free gas. Yes. But, but for the hotel, it's in their interest. Like, yeah, they're giving up a few bucks worth of electricity. They don't care about recouping that. They got the guy paying 250 bucks a night. Mm -hmm. And so it's a cost they're willing to absorb. Right. But they don't want to give away, constantly be giving away, you know, a couple bucks worth of electricity to a bunch of people that aren't bringing in income to their, to their hotel. Sure. Um, and so that that's an example where we can kind of talk to them. You know, we, we assess the specific needs of that property and then kind of talk to them about because the changes in functionality have pretty significant jumps in price. Uh, and then also it's, you know, how how fast do you want to be able to refuel a vehicle? Right. And like for a hotel, again, somebody's plugging in at night, you know, they stay overnight and they wake up, they got a full tank. You don't need a 30 minute charge or something like that. Other applications, maybe it's a retail outlet or something like that, where the mm-hmm. dwell time is smaller. Maybe it makes sense to go with something a little more robust that fills up a car a little bit faster. Right. Um, so every application has its own unique needs, and that's that's where somebody like us, who's done thousands of these installations and has experience in all these different types of applications and mm-hmm. knows all the different hardware options that are out there and the features and functionalities of the different software offerings, can really add a lot of value. So it's not a one-size-fits-all, you really no. can tailor this specific to all kinds of different scenarios. You, you may have a hardware company that will tell you that, oh, no, you, this is always the best, but no, mm-hmm. I would say in most cases that's not true. It's, yeah. it, also, just if it's not a positive experience of the station, like if this, the project doesn't end up doing what it's supposed to do, like it's not meeting the needs as best as it could for the client. We don't want to just like wipe our hands of this and be like, all right, well, you know, another station installed, see you later. We're putting these in so that they're actually used and creating a positive experience. So if they're not, and we haven't, we haven't given the customer a solution that is going to be enjoyable uh, and be a positive experience, then we've kind of failed in our mission of promoting, you know, EV adoption because we've actually hindered it by putting something in that maybe wasn't the best fit, you know, or leaving yeah. a sour taste in somebody's mouth. And, yeah, wasting their money. Yeah. Absolutely. We talked about the benefits of lowering emissions and we talked about the benefits of convenience and how nice that is. What are some of those other benefits that a lot of people don't realize? Maybe it just isn't happening yet, but it's on the horizon. Well, I think this is a this is a pretty cool lesser known benefit. When you fill up like your gas car, where do you think your money typically goes? Like right. where do you think your money goes when you go to your typical gas station? Yeah, I know that gas is one of those businesses that has such a thin profit yeah. margin, so the majority of it is not going to that local business. Right. Probably not going into the local economy. Yeah. Like, there's no oil and gas companies really based out of Atlanta or, or Georgia. And then kind of the follow up question is just where where do you think, you know, the money goes for the power that's being uh, you know, for the refueling that's going to be happening on these stations, Georgia Power, the local utility yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, the name of the company is Georgia yeah. Power. So, I, mean, <laughs> I know people that work for Georgia Power. Yeah. And so maybe there's more nuance to it than that. I, I, I mean, I think you could argue that if enough people were using those stations versus filling up with gas, maybe that creates an extra job at Georgia Power. Maybe that extra job, that person that's being paid with that money, they go spend it at the local mom and pop. I mean, maybe it stays here in our community. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe, it, maybe it helps with job creation. And then I think if you expand that in an energy independence standpoint, you know, I don't think we're nearly as dependent on foreign oil as we have been historically as a country, but I think there's still an argument that could be made that 
or electricity, you know, the refueling that's being done with electric vehicles would kind of bolster our energy independence in terms of uh, not being reliant on, you know, foreign oil or foreign gas or things like that because we are importing all of those things. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we are somewhat subject to, you know, fluctuations and as we're seeing in, you know, oil and gas prices and things right. like that. And then that hurts the consumer in our economy because people can, are going to buy less things if all their money is going to pay for gas or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah. electricity is so much less expensive. You have to think that from an energy independence standpoint, it's more favorable to kind of go the electric route. It would seem so. And again, I, I think on the generation side, maybe there is still some level of dependency, but the goal is that we want to move towards local renewable sources of energy right. as we continue to move in that direction. And there's more solar generation and, and hydro and all these other kind of, or even local like nuclear, those kind of things will bolster our, as, a, as a country, our, our energy independence. Yeah. So uh, that, that's one of those benefits that I think maybe people don't think about as much, but there's really just one way to get gasoline and it does some damage to the environment, but there's a multitude of different ways that you can create electricity. So at least there's the potential. And as we shift in that direction, we can continue to move the needle. Absolutely. Because I, I always thought that was like an interesting, I mean, argument from the other side is, you know, even if you have an electric car, it's still being powered by uh, fossil fuels or whatever. And it's like, sometimes, I mean, depending on where you're at, but, doesn't have to be. but, but a lot of it is not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and more and more so utilities are moving towards these renewable energy sources. And so the only way you get to fully renewable transportation is to go electric. You know, then eventually when we do get there on the utility and power generation side, we've got the means to actually uh, and be, be fully renewable. And you don't want to wait. You, if you do it step by step, I think we're kind of screwed as a, as a species. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, friends, for another serving of Common Sense. This was not complicated, just green. Sponsored by Creative Interface Architecture and Interiors. Redefining the impact of great design, one client at a time. Check us out at www.creativeinterface.design.